You're a little older and a lot wiser. The future is yours. Define aging on your own terms. Welcome to AARP Without Limits with your host, Mike Olander. Hello and welcome. This is AARP Without Limits, WPTF Talk Radio, disrupting aging with the power of 50,000 mighty watts. And our podcast available on demand anytime at WPTF.com or through our Facebook, AARP North Carolina. Send us a note to AARP Without Limits at AARP.org. I am your host, Mike Olander of AARP North Carolina, and we've got a great program for you today. Folks, AARP's own Chris Brandenburg is with us to talk about what is going down, down at the State House. And what are the uh, prospects for legislation to improve the lives of older North Carolinians? But first, as always, folks, most importantly, my partner in crime here, an esteemed production engineer, Mr. Jason Kong. Jason, how are you, buddy? A wonderful Mike. Happy to be here with you. They don't let me down at the uh, the legislature, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we've got a guest here who can shine some light on that. So you're the one, huh? You know, they keep me out. <laughs> they, I'm, they see me, they, they know I'm trouble, so they don't let me in there. Oh, good. And you get to interact with folks here down at the studio. I mean, you got all, I remember we've had legislators here before and they're like, hey, how you doing? I mean, you're, you're a, a recognized personality and feature and, and fixture here at the studio. Yeah, we probably don't talk to them as much as you guys get to. So, uh, but it's always, always interesting to hear from our legislators. It's wonderful. I guess it's probably more friendly than not on your end, which is good. <laughs> Usually right? on your best, on their best behavior with us. Jason, how long have you been at the studio? Oh boy, that's a loaded question. It's, it's been about 15 years since, oh. uh, Gosh. I started my run here at Curtis Media. Wow. Not a day over 16 the way you look. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the thank you. Is to, thank you. Uh, to keeping young and fit. I do know you have fitness goals and stuff that you said at the beginning of the year. How are we doing with that? We're doing okay. You know, it's the last two weeks have been uh, a, a little bit of a drag, but I've been still forcing myself into the garage to, to stay fit. Oh, good for you. Good for you. Making that work around the busy schedule. Well, folks, um, one of the things about keeping healthy is that it is a um, you know an ongoing commitment that you need to have, and uh, it's really really important um, that you have the the features, the services in your community in order to be able to to accomplish those types of goals. Right? It's really easy to say, "Oh, I'm gonna get into this type of shape or be healthy or or what have you, be more engaged, walk more, run more, bike more, just get out of the house more." But if you don't have walkable neighborhoods, right? You don't have a local park. If you uh, say maybe live in a in an area where you don't need a car, um, but you do need a car to get to places where you can exercise, you know, like the YMCA, like your local gym, like a greenway where you can go uh, and just walk, um, you know, you're at a loss. And so uh, that's why AARP's work in the area of what we call livable communities is so, so important. You know, as we all know, the country is demographically aging. The percentage of older populations around the country and right here in North Carolina is growing. Uh, Right now, there are more people who are age 60 or older than under the age of 18 here in North Carolina. And that those numbers are actually going to shift to become even more older as time goes on. And that's why it is so, so important that um, those who are making decisions on our behalf, not just the state legislature, uh, Jason, but uh, local officials, county officials, those mayors and city council members, those working for departments of transportation, parks and rec, 
those who are running programs at churches, even, um, other, you know, community centers, other places that engage adults and have the opportunity to engage older adults, understand that um, demographically the country is changing. And should I say, it's, it's been changing, right? We've been in the middle of this baby boom uh, for, some, for some years now, and it's going to continue to the end of the decade. And uh, it's not too late to start, though, and to start uh, making the changes that you need in your community, folks. Those of you who are active with organizations in your community, um, for you to be bringing people who are 50 and older to the table to helping make good, informed, long-term decisions um, because the population isn't going to turn around in years and become younger suddenly. It's going to be older uh, in that sense for, for quite some time. And um, it's so, so important. And um, as I mentioned, you know, there are lots of different organizations and things to whom this is relevant. Right now, folks, there is something called the AARP Community Challenge Grant. And we have spoken about this here on this program. We had a previous show about it where we spoke with a previous uh, grant recipient, uh, wash away unemployment out in the uh, Newburn area. The application period is open now. And if you go to AARP.org, um, you can find links to our work on livable communities. You'll see community challenge grant uh, information that's there here in North Carolina. If you'd like more specific information, again, you can always reach out to us here at the show, which is AARP without limits at AARP. Org. We'll send you all the information you need. We even have our folks from na our national office who are uh, making themselves available to do and ca uh, calls to help uh, organizations uh, walk through the grant application process. So basically, if you're you know working with a church, a community group, um, a township, whatever it might be, um, and you're looking to make your community more livable for people of all ages and abilities, you want to learn more about this, you want to see there may be some money out there for you to help fund some of the projects that are going to help you accomplish some of those goals and meet a real need that we're seeing in every single community here across the state so and across the country as well. So anyway, folks, again, ARP Without Limits at aarp.org is our email address um, where you can send us a uh, request for that information and all kinds of stuff as well. Right, Jason? We like getting, uh, don't get enough of them, but we like getting suggestions for future guests and topics. We love to hear from the listeners. Right? We want to hear that wherever possible because we are not a live program and can't do la a live calls. Uh, that's one of our uh, only options for getting that type of um, that type of feedback. So again, ARP Community Challenge Grant, uh, consider, learn about it, consider uh, the opportunity for your organization, and reach out to us directly if you have any questions. Um, in the meantime, uh, Jason, we have a very patient guest who's been sitting here, and he works for ARP, so he's learned how to be patient because <laughs> uh, the work that we do does not always happen very very quickly. Uh, but this is um, Chris Brandenburg. In our state legislative session, uh, as we all know, we have a, what they call a two-year session. Right, Every other year we have a full state legislative session, and this year is one of them. It's already been a busy one. And each week, ARP North Carolina is down at the State House talking to legislators about issues that are important to older North Carolinians. And today, uh, we're going to speak to Chris about what are the prospects for improving the lives of 50-plus in this year's legislative session. That being said, Chris Brandenburg, Chris Brandenburg, Associate State Director for Advocacy, AARP North Carolina, thanks so much for being with us. Mike, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. So, Chris, you've been on board with AARP for a few years now, uh, right as the pandemic hit, 
March of 2020. I remember that day well. <laughs> we all started working from home, and that was your first day on the job with ARP, which was an interesting time to start. Since then, you've been helping lead ARP's advocacy work in the State House and beyond. Uh, but first, let's start a bit uh, with your background. Tell us a bit about yourself. What was your work prior to joining ARP? Sure. Yeah, you know, that, that was a really fun week to get started at AARP. Uh, late March of 2020, I think it was the first week that uh, AARP pivoted and, and did start working from home. And um, I would have had no idea um, what the, the coming months and years were going to hold um, as, far as, as far as that goes. But, um, you know, you mentioned patience earlier. Uh, my, my previous, uh, you know, line of work, I spent almost a decade working for two different members of the North Carolina congressional delegation. So, you know, you work for Congress, you learn how to be patient real quick because mm -hmm. that's, you know, it's not, nothing's going to get done fast. Um, so I, I really was blessed with the opportunity um, in, in those roles to get to uh, interact with folks from all walks of life across North Carolina, um, hear about issues that uh, North Carolinians are facing, um, learn about, you know, sort of these kitchen table uh, topics that, um, you know, folks were dealing with, and um, I got to see it across the state. So I started off, uh, you know, most people think of Congress, obviously rightly think of D.C. Um, I was based in North Carolina the entire time. So, and you um, can say who you work for, too. Sure, yeah. So, so I started with Senator Burr, um, and, and I was based in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. I want to work for him. I focused a lot on veterans and military then. Obviously, eastern North Carolina has a very large uh, veterans and military population. And, um, and I moved back to the Triangle and worked for former Congressman Holding um, and, and handled almost any and everything uh, in my time working for him. Um, so it, it did. It presented unique opportunities. Uh, got to create some very uh, cool relationships along the way, um, and it was really beneficial for where I am now. In that, um, you know, I had folks coming and advocating to me, uh, coming and lobbying me, and I got to sort of see, uh, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, if you will, of of lobbying and strategies that I think really worked well and were effective, as well as things that seemed. Uh, a little bit ineffective. Um, so it, it really was a, um, a natural stepping stone to this role now. Um, and uh, yeah, was just very blessed to, to have gotten to do that for the, the previous almost decade. And I have to say, Chris, you're a tremendous asset. I'm glad you mentioned the, the veterans and military families, because in addition to doing the, um, you know, being a leading uh, a, a force of, of, of AARP North Carolina at the State House. And beyond that, um, you also lead our work on what we call VMF, Veterans and Military Families. And for folks who don't know, you know, AARP with nearly 40 million members, we are actually the largest organization in the country that has veterans as part of its membership. Um, and so issues that affect veterans and military families is very, very important ARP. And part of, you know, your selection for this job and the work that you've been leading in that area um, is, is that experience that you had in, in working with members of Congress and dealing directly with some of those issues at that constituent level, right, um, is so important because you get a feel for real life, you know, and there's right. policy and there's you know, stuff that's on paper and it's theoretical and academic in some sense. But then, you know, real life happens on the ground, right? They happen in communities. And, you know, district offices of elected uh, officials are that portal to, to, to the ground. You know, it's as disengaged uh, as we know folks in Washington can be. 
the district offices are that uh, that conduit, right, to to reality, to what is actually going on on the ground. How are people being affected? And um, hopefully, you know, hopefully, folks take advantage of the opportunity to com- to connect and uh, communicate to their elected officials through the district offices. In person is always the best, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, to talk about how issues really affect them and their families and their communities um, so good decisions can be made to help uh, resolve some of these problems. When we come back, Chris, I want to talk specifically about what's going on down in the state house. but right now we do need to make a ticket commercial break. This has been ARP Without Limits. We'll be back after these messages. And we are back. This is ARP Without Limits. I'm your host, Mike Olander, ARP North Carolina, talking to ARP's Chris Brandenburg, who's Associate State Director of Advocacy here at ARP North Carolina. Um, Chris, Medicaid expansion, big issue this year. Um, and now, uh, back when the Affordable Care Act was passed, a number of states with conservative legislatures vowed to block its implementation. And North Carolina was one of the states that actually passed legislation prohibiting the state from expanding its Medicaid program under the ACA or Obamacare. Um, for those who have not been following this issue closely, Chris, um, can you tell us just how big of a deal that is that things have changed uh, so much? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, as the, as the old song goes, the times they are a changing. And uh, I can't think of a better example than that than, than the way things have evolved and changed with Medicaid expansion. Um, so, you know, at this point, you know, you look nationwide, we have 38 states that have expanded. Medicaid and uh, including many traditionally red states. Um, and things have changed dramatically, especially financially um, with, ex- with, with expanding Medicaid. And so what I mean by that is um, the American Rescue Plan, which was passed a couple years ago, really sweetened the deal for these uh, remaining states that have not yet expanded. And uh, when I say sweeten the deal, I mean really sweeten the deal. We're talking about an additional $500 million a month uh, coming back to North Carolina from Washington, D.C., uh, in support of this. Uh, and we're talking about $1.5 to $1.8 billion, yes, that's billion with a B, uh, signing bonus that would be in effect uh, when we do expand Medicaid here in North Carolina. So financially, things have changed. Uh, the state is no longer responsible financially for this Medicaid expansion, 90% of it is going to be covered by the federal government, the additional 10% be covered by the hospitals. Uh, Folks have finally started to wake up to that change um, and realized, hey, this is not not the old ACA. This is not, um, you know, what expansion was five, six, seven years ago. Uh, And now you you take a look at uh, both chambers uh, at the state legislature and you hear leadership uh, Republican leadership uh, coming out and cheering on Medicaid expansion. Um, as a matter of fact, last week uh, the the House passed Medicaid expansion dramatically. I, th- I believe 92 uh, members voted in favor of expansion out of the 120 uh, mm. that, that are composed of the ha- in the House. So um, things have changed greatly. Um, the financial incentives, um, you know, played a strong role in that. Um, you know, but the bottom line too is you're talking about 600,000 folks um, in a coverage gap. 
that uh, would be covered. And we know, you know, we have enough data out there. We know that the 38 states that have expanded, uh, they have better health outcomes now. Um, you know, folks are, are doing better. Um, and so, you know, just not even looking at the fiscal impact, just from a health accessibility and affordability standpoint, uh, this is the policy that makes sense. And it's great when we see there's very few opportunities on an issue like healthcare where there's actually bipartisanship, you know, because this has been such a divisive issue, unfortunately, when we're, you know, the, for years we heard about the repeal and replace of Obamacare, right, and, and on and on, and then that didn't happen, and then there's been this uh, shift in recent years where states have been taking it up more and seeing the financial benefit. And then, as you mentioned before, the, you know, the sweeteners added to this, which are big sweeteners on a time when we're already flush with cash too, right? And in the state, we've got a huge surplus here in North Carolina. Um, When most people think AARP though, Chris, you know, they think, you know, senior citizen, they think older adult, uh, presumably people who are getting their health insurance with Medicare, right? And so people wonder, why does AARP care about Medicaid expansion? Um, so what do you say to that? Yeah, and I think that's a great question. Um, so as I, as I mentioned previously, right, 600,000 North Carolinians um, are, are estimated to be in that coverage gap. Um, of those hardworking folks, many of them are between the ages of 50 to 64, um, you know, obviously we're, we're here to advocate for older adult, adults who are 50 plus. So uh, that's sort of part one answer to your question. Uh, the, other, the other thing is, you know, any of us sitting here, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're breathing, you're aging, right? So um, all of us uh, at some point, you know, if we're lucky enough, are going are gonna to be 50 plus. Um, and this is, a, this is beneficial uh, to, to everybody in North Carolina. God forbid uh, one day um, you know, you have an, an issue where you are no longer insured. Um, to, to have that safeguard there, um, you know, the way that it, you know, really and truly drives the, the, the point home of creating accessibility and affordability. And, you know, the bottom line is this. Um, because so many states have expanded this, there's, there's numerous studies now that we can take a look at and see, um, you know, not only are, are health outcomes improved, um, you know, financial st- stability is improved. I was looking at a study recently that even showed, uh, you know, financially motivated criminality has dropped in states that have actually expanded Medicaid. So there's a number of policy benefits uh, that are beneficial for the 50 plus, but not just the 50 plus, just for, for North Carolinians in general. And getting back to that, you know, that, that financial piece, that, fi- that fiscal piece, you know, you mentioned before the, the money we get. Right now, up until this point, North Carolina taxpayers have been paying for Medicaid expansion in all the other states, right? Because it's a federal program. We're contributing, but not getting the benefit of it. We're essentially subsidizing the expansion in these other, these 38 other states. And so it's time for us to be getting back a bit about what we've been paying into it. That is exactly right. It's time to bring those taxpayer dollars back home from Washington, D.C. Very important stuff. Thank you for, for clarifying that for the, the audience. So, Chris, that's not the only thing we're working on at the State House. What other issues uh, are important to AARP and 50-plus people older this year sure. in the State House? Yeah, absolutely. So just to j- – I'll, I'll leave the focus initially here on, on health care access and affordability um, since that's where we were. Um, there's a, a bill that has been introduced uh, several times in the past. It's known as the SAVE Act, um, and the SAVE Act – um, allows APRNs, nurse practitioners, full practice authority. Uh, that is a piece of legislation that uh, 
around 28 states have already uh, passed and allow their, their nurses that full practice authority. Not a single one has, has looked back after doing it. Um, we truly believe that that will, especially in the rural parts of our state, help increase access and affordability to care. Um, and just to sort of backpedal for a second, and you know, we're talking about Medicaid expansion, uh, last year what kept Medicaid expansion from getting done uh, in the Senate was uh, the Senate really likes to package several health policy pieces together. And so uh, one of them actually was the SAVE Act, this APRN Full Practice Authority, along with uh, something called Certificate of Need. Um, and so the, as, I, as I mentioned, the, the Senate leadership is very much in favor of expansion, but they, they want to pack some other things in there. And so um, we're watching to see, obviously, if that happens again this year. But the SAVE Act is a piece that we are very supportive of um, and uh, we're, we're very hopeful um, will get done because, again, from an access and affordability standpoint, uh, that would be extremely helpful to North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And then a non-healthcare issue, issue called Work and Save. That's exactly right. So our other big piece is financial security. Um, and there's a lot of things that fall under that. I think you could even put consumer protections under that. But North Carolina Work and Save um, is a bill that, that, you know, we truly think uh, would be beneficial to the state as a whole. Uh, we know folks are not saving adequately for retirement. We know that 50% of North Carolinians have uh, less than $1,000 saved for retirement. And this is working North Carolinians. Um, Social Security, there's, there's going to be no bigger advocates you're going to find than AARP for Social Security. But we know that Social Security alone is not enough for folks to survive off of. And so we are working on um, putting in place a small business retirement savings plan uh, that allows folks to be able to save from their paychecks. We have 1.7 million North Carolinians who work for small businesses who don't have access to retirement savings through their work. And so this bill is very important in encouraging sort of that psychology and culture of saving. Uh, I see it very much as a self-reliance bill. Um, and uh, it's something that we're, we're very excited about and, and really leading the way over at the State House on. Yeah, and the work and save is so important because, yes, there are financial products that are available out there for pretty much anybody who's who could look for them. But you really got to do a lot of homework, you know, and like what larger businesses do, small businesses, you know, who don't have the capacity to do the homework and to have those things in place. This makes it really easy for them to be able to offer to their employees, hey, we'll help you, you know, assist it in a minor but effective way to be able to start saving for retirement. Well, a lot going on in the state house. And for folks who want to learn more and who want to get interested and help us in our efforts uh, to make some of these uh, things possible, please do reach out to us, AARP Without Limits at aarp.org. Once again, is the email address. At that address, of course, you can always send us your feedback, suggestions for topics and guests. Always like to hear from you. Thank you to Chris Brandenburg for being our guest. We appreciate you being here. Thank you to Jason Kong for production. Thank you for listening. This has been AARP Without Limits. I'm Mike Olander, signing off.